This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right. We're finishing out week three of a series called Tuned In. Uh, we're talking about how to have victory going into 2019, laying a foundation for victory in 2019. And um, a couple things that I know is just so incredibly true about our relationship with the Lord and finding victory in our life. Because, come on, can we just be honest for a second? Isn't that the whole point? Okay? The point is not to just come to church and have a little goosebump moment and nothing changes in our life. That's, there's just no point in that. That's religion. Relationship with Jesus means that he is doing work in my soul, and it is translating into my everyday life, into my job, and into my family, and into my kids, into the relationships of my life. I, I just truly desire that every year when I finish a year, I go, you know what? I, I believe that I'm going to grow. I believe that I'm going to be a different person year by year because of the grace of God and his spirit leading me. And I believe that to find victory, two things are really crucial. Number one is this, being tuned into the Holy Spirit, okay? Being tuned in to the Holy Spirit. Okay? Jesus said, I have to go back to the Father, but I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. It is better for me to go to the Father, and it is better for you to have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Lord knows that the Holy Spirit can fill all of us. Jesus was just one man. But when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit comes, and the Holy Spirit fills us, and the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and the Holy Spirit hears directly from the throne room in heaven and reveals things to us about our life. It is super important to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's super important to be, you know, connected to the Holy Spirit. It's something that we were talking with the elders with the other night and something we're going to really dive into in 2019 is this idea of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, yes, as a believer, when I give my life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit fills my heart. But there's also, as the book of Acts uh, declares, an infilling of the Holy Spirit that a lot of times ends up with you speaking in tongues, speaking in another language. But also, the infilling of the Holy Spirit wasn't there to just have this, like, crazy, you know, awesome moment. The infilling of the Holy Spirit was there to empower us. Okay, the, the Holy Spirit came upon the disciples to empower them to do what they could not do in their own strength. So when the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes, it's not for me to just have this moment. It's there for me to be filled with God's grace, to hear from heaven, to know how to minister to people and know how to fulfill what I'm called to do on the earth. There are so many times that so many of you look at me and go, how did you know that about my life? And I go, I don't know that. The Holy Spirit knows that. But I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. And he gives me unction and revelation for your life. Being in tune with the Holy Spirit is so important, especially in the day, in the time, in the culture that we're living in. We're fighting a dark culture that is coming against the name of Jesus, that's coming against the church, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The th second thing is this. I need to think 
like Jesus thinks. Okay? We need to think and see life not through our fleshly perspectives. We need to see life the way that Jesus processes and sees life when situations come against us. So go with me to Romans chapter 12. Uh, We're going to look at verse 1 through 2 today. Okay? Verse 1 says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So the word's telling us we don't worship the Lord with just our lips. We worship the Lord with our life. Okay? We worship the Lord with the way that we love others. We worship the Lord the way that we treat others, you know. And I'll be honest with you. You know, I was at Target yesterday, and I was like, I want to burn this whole place down. I mean, I mean, people are running in it. I mean, people are, like, you know, arguing about stuff, and, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's crazy town, you know. But the way that we really, really worship the Lord is that in these seasons, that are full of sometimes chaos and sometimes full of heartache and sometimes full of, you know, all kinds of different situations. We really shine the love of Christ through our bodies and through who we are. Verse 2 says this. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world. Can I get an amen for anybody on that? Okay. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Learn God's will for you. Listen, I truly believe. Look at your neighbor and say, I truly believe in you. Just look at him and say, I truly believe in you. Okay? I do. Okay? Look. Listen. My man, Andrew Coots, come here. Okay? I love this man. He, and his, listen, they're about to have a baby in three weeks. We are so, so pumped for them. Listen, Andrew Coots is not on planet Earth to just suck air, go to his job, get paychecks, pay the rent, buy Christmas presents, and do it all over again the next year. Okay? Andrew Coots is on planet Earth because God has a will for his life. There are people that have to encounter Andrew Coots so that they can know and taste the goodness of God. And that's the same thing for every single one of us here today. We are on planet Earth for a divine reason and purpose and calling, but we got to figure out why, God. What's your will for my life? Why am I here? Why do I exist? Give it up for Andrew Coots, everybody. And, the, and he gives us a key, okay? Jesus, he says, I'll give you a key. The key is this. By allowing me to transform the way you think, okay? And, and that's a big deal. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We have to be willing to go, I'm going to take the word of God, not as just some kind of story, but I'm going to take the word of God as absolute truth for my life and for my family. 
And I'm going to build a foundation upon what God's perspectives are, not what my perspectives are. So the Lord's giving us a key about saying, listen, the word of God is so crucial to shape the way I think. And the Lord is just pressing this into me big time in 2019. He's saying, listen, I need you more time in my word, in my truth, because I need you to think and process life, not through your flesh. And I, and I process so much of life through my flesh. And then I get to the end of, end of the day, and I'm like, gosh, man, I can't believe I reacted that way. I can't believe I said that today. And, and, and the Lord goes, and this is what I love about the Lord. The Lord's not angry with any of us. The Lord's not angry with me. I don't know if it's just me that needs that today. The Lord's not mad at you. When he presses into you, when the Lord presses into me and says, I want you to spend more time in my word, it's not because he's angry at me. It's just because he wants to reveal more to me. He wants me to receive more so that I can grow and be all that I'm called to be so I can know the will of the Lord for my life so that you can know the will for your life. God's telling us, a renewed mind is a key for victory. Do you understand this? The renewed mind, the renewed mind to the word of God brings victory in the areas of life that matter to you. Does that make sense? See, I think we think that the renewed mind brings us victory in the spiritual world. Okay? And yes, it will give me connection to what God's doing in the spiritual world, but it brings revelation on how I need to treat my wife. So, I'll give you a quick story, okay? Jess is super into plants right now, okay? <laughs> All right? Like, super into plants, okay? And we've been married for 15 years, and she's never talked about a plant in her life, okay? All right? I mean, it's, they're trendy right now. They're really trendy, okay? Now, I think keeping plants alive is harder than keeping children alive, okay? I, I really do. I mean, you can, it's really hard to kill a kid, okay? Let's just be honest, all right? But she's really into plants, okay? Now, that's not my thing, okay? But the other, the other day, she really wanted to go to Ikea and, and pick out this plant for our new house. And, and I, can I just be real with you for a second? Five years ago, I would have made her pay for that because I didn't see it that way. I, I would have thought, I don't care about the plant, and if I don't care about the plant, then I'm going to give her a hard time for that. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. Can we get an amen? And so we're walking into Ikea, and, and, and she's showing me these plants, okay? And they look like lily pads, okay? I mean, like, like big lily pads, okay? In my head, in my head, okay? And, and she's asking me to pull out different ones, and she's inspecting every one because she wants to get the perfect lily pad plant, you know what I mean? And, and, we're, and we're looking at vases, and the whole time the Holy Spirit goes, you do whatever she wants. You make her happy. Because when you honor her, you honor me. See, the Lord wants you to have victory in everything. And when he can change our thinking, it can bring victory into 
all areas of our life. That's what God intends. God intends for you to live the victorious life in any area of your life. So today we're going to talk about a few different ways that we know that our mind is renewed or is in the process of being renewed. Does that make sense? And, and some of these things I'm going to talk about today, I can promise you, they're things that I'm working on, okay? I don't have this all together, but I know that this, what these, these things means that I'm in the process of God renewing my mind, renewing our mind, okay? So number one is this, okay? Number one is this. You live in hope. You live in hope. When the world crashes down on you, how do you see life? It's a big question, okay? I always look at it through the proverbial, like, the car breaks down, okay? How many of you have had a car break down on you before, okay? I remember one time I was driving to Chicago, and, and <coughs> I, had, I had this little, it was a Toyota Corolla, it looked like a turd on wheels. It was brown. It was old. I had a wooden bumper on it. The door, when you opened up the door, it would pop out. It would like, if you were next to it, it hit you, like knock you over, okay? And I remember I had almost 300,000 miles on this car. I bought this car for $75. And I was on the way to Chicago. And I remember I'm just going, because it was like that, like, you know what I mean? It's like a little stick. I'm like, and I remember it went, and it just came to a dead stop. And I was like, you gave up the ghost, did you? You know, like, that's it. You're dead. You're done, you know. And now, listen, now this happens to all of us in life. We have a car, and it breaks down. Instantly, the most of the time, our first thought is, oh, my gosh, how are we going to pay for this? How are we going to get past this moment? How? You know, now I got to call the tow truck people, and they're going to rob me, you know what I mean? And I take it to the, you know, dealer, and they're out for my money. Listen, how we see life really matters. Do we have hope? I remember, I remember when John DeVore, he's, he's not here today, but I remember when John DeVore lost his job a year ago. And he called me that day, and, you know, I just really fell for John. He had worked at this place for 15 years, and, you know, it was a good job. And, and, I, and I remember I just told John, I was like, I really feel for you. And I'll never forget this. John said, Pastor Jeff, it is perfectly all right. I absolutely know that God has something better for me. He saw, he saw the situation not through the enemy's point of view, but through God's point of view. He had hope. In the situation. Number one is you live in hope. Number two is this. The impossible seems reasonable. The impossible seems reasonable. <laughs> oh, I forgot to put those in the pro today. Nick Roller um, sent me some pictures the other day of church at my house. John was there. John, our sound guy. He was chilling out. and It's like five families. And we used to do this thing on Sundays. We'd have church at my house. And 
you think worshiping here is awkward. Think about worshiping in my house, you know, to a, to a CD, and we're worshiping, and, you know, I would, I would preach just like I did here, and then, you know, we would kind of pray for each other, and then we would just eat lunch together. And it, we would usually hang out to about 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon in my house, and Nick Roller sent me some pictures of, of us, just a small group of people that were, we were just believing God for the impossible. We were just believing God that he wanted to do something huge. We were just believing God, just looking at God going, God, nothing is impossible with you. And he sent me those pictures the other night, and he said, isn't God so good? Isn't God so good? He's just so good. He's so faithful. Listen, God loves impossible situations because he wants to reveal his nature to you. He wants to show you who he is. Listen, God's not intimidated by your impossible moment. God wasn't intimidated when John DeVore lost his job. God looked at that and said, I'm going to show John and his family my goodness, okay? So our minds are renewed when we have moments that are impossible, but we look at the impossible and go, you know what? It's not too big for my God. I know his nature. I know his character. I know he's for me. I know he's not against me. And I know that he will bring the victory. And that's the thing about the impossible. When the impossible happens, you can't bring the victory. That's what's crazy about it. Like, you know, like, when we started this church, it was so much bigger than me. Even this season right now, and I'm telling you guys, like, 2019, we're moving into that into that new into that new building, and I, and I, but there's a part of it that is so so impossible for me, but you know I love it now. I'm I love that I'm okay with being comfortable and not being comfortable. You see what I mean? I know that God is good and He's faithful and He will take what is impossible in my strength and fulfill it in His strength. Amen. Amen. Number two. You look at the impossible. Number three is this, okay? You live in peace and don't worry. You live in peace and you don't worry. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Okay? And then it talks about the enemy looking around, looking for those to devour. Okay? The enemy preys on the ones that live in worry, okay? The enemy's looking for people to devour who live in a constant state of worry and fear about life, okay? Your mind is renewed when you know that, you know what? I have peace in all the situations of my life. The other night was kind of a weird night, uh, Michael was up in Troy uh, with a friend. Our other son, Ben, was with his friend the other night. And, you know, as a father, I, I like my kids being close. I like, you know, feeling like they're next to me. I can protect them. I, I, can, I can take good care of them. But I do not want to live my life in fear and in worry. I want to live my life in peace knowing that I've prayed over my children. I've pleaded the blood of Jesus upon them. I've asked the Lord to surround them with his angels. I know that my God is good. So I know that when they leave my side, I can walk in perfect peace just like they're next to me. Amen? I don't have to live in worry and in fear. Why? Because I can take my requests 
and give them to the Lord, right? And if I believe that my prayers don't hit the ceiling, if I believe that, you know, that God really listens to what I have to say, and he really does. And that's what I love about prayer. We think so often that we have to have these perfect prayers to the Lord for God to respond to you. No, God just loves when you talk to him. He just loves however it comes out. And whatever it comes out, you talking to him, he goes, oh, I love listening to Casey. He loves listening to you. He loves everything you have to say. He actually would love to hear you more. God loves listening to us. He loves knowing what's in our heart because he doesn't want us to walk around in worry and fear. He wants us to walk around in peace and joy and love and grace in his strength. Number three, you, don't li- you live in peace and you don't live in worry. Number four is this. You like yourself and you're good with your weaknesses. You like yourself and you're good with your weaknesses. Now, if we're really honest, in here today, I would say that most of us would go, there's a bunch of things I don't like about myself. There's a bunch of things that I wish God would have changed about me. There's a bunch of things how I react in life that I just really don't care for. Like, I I love who God's made me, but at the same time, I dwell on my weaknesses probably way more than I really look at what God's doing in me and through me. Anybody relate to me? Okay. I really struggle with this at times. You know, the other day, I became very defensive in a moment. And and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I can become very defensive quickly. Anybody relate to me on that? Where like, you know, like somebody comes against you, you can be like, ooh, oh no, uh uh-uh. That ain't not, that that is not happening, you know? I mean, (laughs) Friday night, we're in the the car. We're in the car. And there's a semi in front of me. I couldn't see the light. And so he went through, I guess it was yellow, and I guess I went through on the red. And so this, like, truck, you know, coming this way is just, like, laying on his horn. And I'm just like, I mean, I was just like, you are number one in Jesus' name, you know what I mean? And Jess is like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I, I could destroy that guy's life right now. And, and Jess was like, Jess was like what, what, why, why are you like this? And I'm like, she's like, you've, she's like, you've never met that man. She goes, if for all, you know, we could, he could be an old man in that car. I'm like, I know, maybe I would send him to heaven early, you know. I'm like, so, <laughs> so listen, I can become defensive really quick, okay? And I think a large part of this has to do with I fought for everything I had growing up. We didn't have much. I had to fight for it. I had to earn it. I had to hustle. I had to grind for everything in life. Okay, but the reality is I don't like this about myself. You know, I have these moments, but then later on with the Lord, I'm like, God, what is wrong with me? Like, like seriously, Lord, like, will I ever get past this? And then you know what it turns into? It turns into self-hate, and then I have a really hard time connecting with the Lord. Because I think he's mad and he's upset at me. The renewed mind goes, 
uh, I'm okay with who I am. Not, not that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to change things, but, but I'm okay with who God made me to be. You know, like I'm reading this book, and we're actually going to do a series next year on it. It's, it's about uh, Christian character in our kids. And the book is all based around understanding, like, what kind of a kid you have. And, and the book talks about, uh, it uses the analogies of trees. Like, you know, like some kids are like palm trees. Like, I'm a palm tree. Like, a palm tree just wants to hang out, you know what I mean? Soak in the sun, have a good time, you know, life of the party. That's a large part of, like, my personality. So I'm reading these, you know, this book about understanding my kids and understanding their personalities. Listen, I want you to understand something. God is really okay with your personality. Like he's really good with the way he wired you. Okay? Like, listen, I struggle deeply. Here's another struggle, okay? Like Ryan Wonderly is so good administratively. I mean, he's just like, his brain works in numbers, his brain works in processes, his brain works in systems, and I'm just not that. Like, I'm the guy that feels everything, you know what I mean? Like, literally, I could be, like, crying one moment, laughing the next, you know, joking around, being super serious, yelling at Matt, you know. <laughs> I mean, Matt understands. In the course of a day, I go a lot of different places, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, listen. I know Ryan. Like, every time I call Ryan, number one, I just appreciate Ryan Wonderly. He's the biggest encourager ever. He's just, I mean, just such an encouraging person. He will text me. I'm praying for you. He will text me encouraging words. He's just such an encourager. But I know every time I call Ryan, like, it is, like, the same. You know what I mean? It is just he is consistently the same. And I love that about Ryan. And there's a part of me that goes, why am I not more like Ryan? Right? We do this. We compare and contrast. And God goes, why are you comparing who you are? I love who you are. I love who Ryan is. I didn't want you to be Ryan. I don't, I don't need more Ryans. I, I just need Ryan to be Ryan, and I need Jeff to be Jeff, and I need Matt to be Matt, and I need Elena to be Elena, and I need you to be okay. Be all right. Because then when you're all right, you can accept God's love and peace. And you can be good in your soul. Not an arrogance. It's not an arrogance that like, you know, or cockiness. It's a, no, I have peace in my mind of who God's made me. God's renewed my mind enough to be okay with who I am. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Okay. Number five is this. You're quick to forgive. And give grace and mercy freely to others. Quick to forgive and give grace and mercy to others. You don't hold on to offense. This is something I love about Jesus. We've taught our kids this in our house. When they make a mistake, we deal with the mistake, but then we never talk about it again. We don't bring up other failures. You know why? Because when Jesus forgives you, he completely forgets it. Like it never even happened. So we don't hold on to offense, okay? 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 says this, Don't judge others, and you will not be judged. Oh, my gosh. What a great perspective about life. Verse 2, For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is a standard by which you will be judged. I don't know about you, but I want to be judged through grace and mercy. <laughs> Can I get it? Amen. Listen, I want people to judge me not through the way I judge them. In the, in the, but the issue is this. I judge and don't give grace because me and you don't see the world the same way. Right? Because we don't see things the same way in life, we then tend to go, well, I don't like it. And I'm going to judge it. I judge what I don't understand. Anybody feel that way? You go, I just don't understand them. I don't understand how they live their life. I don't understand. I, I don't understand why they chose those colors in their house. I just, I just can't believe that, you know? We judge what we don't understand. I judge what I don't like. I judge what I don't like. Like, listen, like, I have, like, real issues in my heart with Burger King. I don't like Burger King. I remember one time we were on this, like, on this ministry trip, okay, and literally this white worm came out of this, like, Burger King burger. Yeah, none of you are ever going to eat a Burger King again, okay? Listen, I don't like Burger King, so I judge Burger King, right, okay? I judge people when I don't agree with them. And you can see this in our culture. The enemy is so good politically right now to bring a divisive spirit into our nation. Okay? Listen, I may not agree with all political parties. Listen, I don't agree with all Democrats sides. I don't agree with all Republican sides. I don't agree with all independent sides. Listen, I'm a very Jesus, Bible, Holy Spirit person, okay? But the bottom line is this. That doesn't mean I can't love other people, and that doesn't mean that I can't show the grace of God, and that doesn't mean that we can't all live together in America and stand united together and be brothers and sisters in Christ. Kind of get an amen from somebody, okay? I judge people when they come against my ways. We all have a way of doing things. And when somebody doesn't like the way we do something, we quickly judge. I judge people when they make decisions that I don't agree with. Anybody ever felt that way? I'll never forget, I went on a youth retreat. And this is probably year six of me being at my church in Michigan. And I got back, and I had an email from Pastor Jeff, and it is said that I was no longer going to teach the student grip class. I'll explain this to you. So there's this book that Pastor Beth wrote. It's called Getting a Grip on the Basics. It was a 13-week class. And I would teach this book to our students in our youth group because I knew it would give them a foundation for their life in Christ. And I loved doing this. This was my favorite things to do, okay? And so when Pastor Jeff sent me this email and told me I was no longer going to do this, what happened? I quickly judged why he made that decision, okay? And in my judgment, I started to let other people know my judgment, right? 
You know, I remember having conversations. Uh, one of our other pastors, uh, our junior high pastor, I remember I went to Matt, and I was like, man, I can't believe Pastor Jeff would do this to me. I'm like, he knows how much I love doing this. He's like, I, I bet you he just doesn't believe in me anymore. I bet you, I, I remember the enemy just started filling my soul with lies, right? And I quickly judged the situation and, and ran my mouth, okay? Isn't it amazing how when you run your mouth, it ends up always coming back to the source? Yeah. And I'll never forget that morning that I sat in Pastor Jeff's office. And Pastor Jeff, when he'd get mad at me, he had this, like, vein that would, like, pulsate towards me. And I'd always be like, that thing's talking to me right now, you know what I mean? And I remember Pastor Jeff, he said to me, he said, so you have an issue with me taking you out of teaching grip, right? And, and, I, and I said, oh, no, 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 I'm good with that. <laughs> right? Lie, lie, lie. And he goes, he goes, well, he goes, here's a list of all the people that say that you don't have, you're not good with that. And I was like, oh, God, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I remember he said to me, so he said, Jeff, you don't even understand why I made this decision. He said, I made this decision because I know how busy you are, and I'm trying to take some of the load off of you so you can be a better dad. But if you don't want to be a better dad, go ahead and keep teaching the class. I was like, oh, God. (laughs) We're quick to judge. We're not quick to give mercy. We're not quick to give grace in life. The renewed mind goes, no, I'm going to be quick to give grace. I'm going to be quick to believe the best. I'm going to be quick to not have a judgmental spirit about this situation. Number six is this. I'll finish these last two quick. Number six, you are thankful. The renewed mind means that in my mind, I am grateful and thankful for all that Christ has done for me. Philippians 4 verse 11 says this. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. Verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether my stomach is full or empty, if I have plenty or little, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can be grateful and content. Why? Because of Christ Jesus. Because of all that he's done for me. When, when, Jesus, when Jesus is the focus, you're so grateful. You know, um, I want to say thank you to every one of you who have reached out to me and told me you've been praying for me. As you, a lot of you know, my mom passed away last Sunday during service, and she's with the Lord. And I got to tell you, I envy her because she sees Jesus right now. She is in the presence of God. She feels the warmth of his embrace. That's all I live for. You could take everything I have. I mean this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a preacher. You could take everything I have 
But as long as I get to see Jesus someday, as long as he says, well done someday, as long as I get to be with him, that's all I want. I'm so happy for my mom to be with Jesus. And when you are grateful for Jesus and you're grateful for all that he did on the cross and you're grateful that you are forgiven and you're grateful for his mercy and you're grateful for breath every day and you're grateful for Jesus. It renews your mind. It renews the way you think. It renews the way you process. It renews the way that you look at every single thing that comes into your life. You know, one of the hardest things about not having my dad around growing up was that I didn't have my dad. But one of the greatest blessings about not having my dad around is that Jesus became my dad. He became my father. So when God brings something to me, I look at it not through an earthly perspective. I look at it through a heavenly father perspective, and I go, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I had a warm bed to sleep in today. Thank you, God, that I have a car to drive. Thank you, God, that I have money to put gas in my car. Thank you, God, for the food you gave me today. And you think of these things as trivial things, but to me, I am so grateful every single day of my life because I go, it's the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that I am where I am today. It is the goodness of God that we're here today. It's the goodness of God that Elevate Church exists. It's the goodness of God, and I'm thankful for it. And I never want to become ungrateful. I want to stay in a place of thanksgiving because thanksgiving renews my mind. Thanksgiving keeps my mind in a place that keeps my attention and my focus on Jesus. And if Jesus is enough, it doesn't matter what I go through in life, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Because I know that someday I'll be with him. I won't be in this earth. I won't struggle with the struggles I struggle with. I won't face the trials that I face. I will be with him. And that's enough. Numbers, numbers, well, I don't remember what number it was. <laughs> number seven, worship team, you guys can come on up. Number seven is this. You believe in others. You believe in others. Luke chapter 19 Verse 1 says this, Jesus entered into Jericho and made his way through town. Verse 2, there was a man named Zacchaeus. What a name, Zacchaeus. The chief tax collector in the region, and he became very wealthy. Why did he become very wealthy? Because he was cheating people. He was a, you want to call him a gangster, you want to call him a thug, you want to call him whatever you want to call him. He was stealing from people, and he became very rich this way. Verse 3, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass 
pass that way. Verse five, or verse five. When Jesus came, he looked up to Zacchaeus. And he called him by name. So I just love that verse. Can you imagine all the things that people called Zacchaeus? A thug, a gangster. I mean, all the different analogies and names. And Jesus looks at Zacchaeus and he doesn't call him by what the world calls him. He goes, he goes, Zacchaeus. He's saying, my son. My son. He says, Zacchaeus, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus into his home. I love the picture that the word shows us that Jesus wants to eat dinner with us. That Jesus enjoys your company. That Jesus wants to eat in your home. Now love that all Zacchaeus really needed was a vote of confidence. Sometimes that's all we need in life. You know, I'll never forget July 1st, 2015. It's the day we moved to Cincinnati. Exciting, but scary at the same time. But I'll never forget what happened that day. And I've waited to never share this until Matt's married, because Matt's married, and I love that Matt's married, and I love the man of God who he is today. But I'll never forget that day. We found out that Matt had made just a dumb mistake. Some inappropriate pictures with some different girls on Instagram. And, and I remember Matt came to me, and he told me, he was you know, broken hearted and, and it was just, it was just, it was, a, it was a lot on this day. We were moving down. We were taking a step of faith. Matt was moving with us. He was helping us to start the church. And, and then, and then this happened on top of everything. And I'll never forget that night. I went on a walk and I, I love going on walks with the Lord. And I remember I went on a walk through my neighborhood and I said, Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do in this moment? And the Lord was so clear with me. He said, that is not who Matt is. That is not who Matt is. You will believe in who Matt is and you will stand for who he is. You will stand for the man that he's called to be. The same thing happened to me. I remember one time, Taka, the guy who discipled me, he's on a plane. He's with our top youth pastors. And I was making a mess of the youth group. Dating girls, breaking up with them, sleeping around with girls, all kinds of just junk. And I'll never forget, our top youth pastors said to Taka, they said, let's kick Jeff out of the youth group. He's a mess. He's making cross current a mess. And Taka said, please, Please. That's not who Jeff is. 
I know who he is. I know what he's called to be. Just please give me another chance. Please, please believe in him. Listen, there's something so powerful about believing in people. There's something so powerful about seeing people, not who they are today, but who they'll become in Jesus' name. Aren't you glad that we believe in Pastor Matt? Aren't you glad that we have Pastor Matt in this house? Aren't you glad that we believed in him? I'm so proud of the man of God he is. I'm so proud of the way he leads our teens. I'm so proud of the husband he is to Elena. I'm so proud of him. I'm so thankful and so grateful to have him a part of our team. I'm so proud of him. But a renewed mind goes, I'm not going to see you for who you are today. I'm going to see you for who you are called to be. Listen, we all make mistakes. We all make failures. Let's not judge each other by our failures or our mistakes. Let's look through the Holy Spirit and get a prophetic understanding and go, Lord, what do you see? Who do you see them to be? And let's believe in them that way. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information. 